0: Rubbing elbows, or sometimes feet, with some of the biggest celebrities on the planet. It's how Carlos Diaz carved out a name for himself on national TV. From the red carpet with Tiger, to a one-on-one with Stallone, to reporting in the field for CNN. The pride of Greenwood, Indiana, has just about seen and done it all in front of a TV camera, including a six-year run on the air in his hometown. Carlos Diaz is working under the bright light of the Florida sun these days. How family, fatherhood, and the game of golf took Carlos down a new career path. Next on this edition of the Business and Beyond podcast.
1: That shot, Dacio. Nice.
0: Pounded it. Hello and welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick. Carlos Diaz, now a caddy daddy for his seven-year-old son, Dacio, a young boy with a big swing and super talent on the golf course. It's a big reason why Carlos decided to step away from the anchor desk at WTHR in Indianapolis and move his family his son can now play golf year-round the diazes are much closer to relatives and carlos well he's using his tv tools to carve out a new career and i'm pleased to be joined by carlos diaz and car- well, carlos how, how should i describe you uh <laughs> new, you know news anchor reporter no, no. national media i mean you've You've done it all. What what's what's the best description of Carlos Diaz today?
1: Uh, dad, husband, dad, and dad. Okay. Husband and yeah. dad. You know, I mean, uh, and thank thank you so much for having on me on the show. I I love yeah. you, Gary. I just think you're amazing, and and thanks for asking me how that description should go because that would be a very good question because yeah. uh, I've, I've worn a lot of hats in my life, but I I truly believe that the most uh, rewarding hat is the one of husband and dad.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, that's uh, very well put, and it, in large part, precipitated your move, right? Uh, essentially, yeah. out of TV news down down to Florida.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I, I had, I was very career oriented early in my life, and my 20s and 30s were all about my career. And I turned 40 and realized I don't have a wife, I don't have any kids. That might be something I'm, I want. I want to look into. <laughs> uh, and you know, when your whole life is just you and you alone, you can make decisions that you might not be able to make if you have a wife and kids. And so it's not like I stayed away from love, you know, and unconditional love and things like that. And if I knew what it was like having a wife and kids earlier, I probably would have done it earlier because it's amazing. But I just stayed on track with the career. And then I didn't have, you know, I didn't get married uh, to my to my wife until I was, In my 40s, I didn't have, we didn't have our first child until I was 45, second child at 46. So I'm now 52 with a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. I'm the oldest daddy caddy in the entire (laughs) land, all right? I am quite often mistaken for the grandfather daddy caddy, you know? (laughs) So when um, my son, it it became quite evident that he was pretty good at golf. And when he finished fifth in the world uh, at the World Championships in Pinehurst last year... My wife and I looked at ourselves and at the behest of many other people said, we've, you know, uh, we've got to get him in a place where he can be playing golf year round. My wife's got family in Orlando. I've got family in Florida. On a serious note, my father, who I is my idol, I, you know, I idolized him. He passed away last year. And so a lot of things kind of all happened at once and everything was drawing us to Florida. And it it really, it came, it came, it was after a tournament in October of of last year. Year, wow! It just does it seems it seems like it seems so long ago, but it really was It was yeah. October of last year, and my son had just won the Tennessee State Championship, and he's getting the trophy. And all I can think about is we've got to get in the car and we got to speed home. It was Knoxville, six-hour drive, and I got to be on the air in eight hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I wondered about that because I would see your social media post, and you'd be in Tennessee or Florida or Georgia, wherever it was, and I said, man, that guy—he's he, got to be
1: operating on. Zero sleep. Zero sleep. No, zero. I can't tell you how many times I anchored the, the, the morning show at Channel 13 with no sleep. I mean, mm. at, I, I'm not talking about an hour, an hour and a half. I'm talking about going. And I'm not talking about laying around all day on Sunday. And then I'm talking about paddying and yeah. walking nine holes and then and then driving six hours and then getting in and just – it was – I mean, Scott Swan used to say to me, every time he saw – I don't know how you do it, brother. Yep. You know, and, and it just – and we were driving home, and I looked at my wife. We were driving home from that tournament in Tennessee, and it said ETA on a GPS. It said ETA 1.36 a.m. Well, I'm supposed to be in the office at 2 a.m. Oh. Okay, so I, you know, And I just looked at her, and I said, she was driving. And I said, I'm going to type it up an email right now. And I typed up the letter of resignation on the drive home on wow. that, that Sunday night. I gave it – we gave it 24 hours of sleep on it. I called my GM – Monday night, and said, Do you mind if we meet tomorrow morning? And he said, No problem. I emailed him the letter so he knew what I was coming in for. Right. But he had it in front of him when I walked in. And uh, we walked in that Tuesday morning, and I just, you know, and I just said to him, I said, You know, um, I, I, everything is pulling us to Florida. I can't function anymore. Under these hours, you know, uh, but all I want to do is I, I, do, I don't want to do anything else but but anchor the morning show. So it kind of puts me in a precarious situation. My contract is coming up. I don't see myself resigning, so I kind of want to give you the heads up now that mm-hmm. that there's and I said and there it has nothing to do with channel thirteen. Channel thirteen is the best in yep. my opinion. In my opinion, it is the best local news station in the country. There's no no place I wanted else to work. It is amazing. The people are amazing. I was honored to work there for seven years, but it just everything was pulling me to Florida. And yeah. and so, so we made the decision right then and there. And then, of course, because my contract wasn't up, we had to, I had to wait for the lawyers to kind of their lawyers to get involved. And by that Friday, they had an answer for me. And yeah. um, it was, OK, you're good. Oh, Which wow. you kind of want them to go. You kind of want them to fight for you, you right? Kind of want right. To say, yeah. you know, well, no, we can't survive. <laughs> They're like, you know, you're good. You just go on to Florida, there, Tanny boy. All right, you know, <laughs> we're we're good without you. You know, so <laughs> hey.
0: And you talk about your son in golf. Uh, Dacio uh, Dacia, is yeah. uh, an incredible. How is he? Six, is he six now? He's seven. He's seven so. now,
1: and he. Uh, and, and, and in all honesty, I'm I'm am I'm a decent. I'm an okay golfer, and he can beat me. I mean, he no I, I, he can from hundred from two hundred yards, in, he can beat me. If we wow. if we line balls up at two hundred yards, he's that good. And 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 him having him down here in Florida for the entire winter has really helped him. And it's not just helped him game-wise. It's helped him mentally because golf in Florida is like basketball in Indiana. Right, okay? right. So the cool kids are playing golf. Just like the cool kids in Indiana are playing basketball and football, the cool kids are playing golf. And down here, for there's a PGA Junior League in Orlando. And in in, in the south side of Indianapolis, you sign up, you play PGA Junior League, and it's fun. Here, you have to be recruited. Like, they have to uh-huh. accept you because they compete for the national championship every year. Yeah. And just to give you a heads up, Dacio would shoot even par in Indianapolis and win tournaments by 10 strokes down yeah. here. He shoots two under and he loses by two strokes. So uh-huh. so he is against he is competing against the best kids in the nation every single weekend. And we're about to embark on a month long journey. We leave June 14th and come back July 14th where he'll be playing in Illinois, Pinehurst, Canada, New York. DC all over the country wow yeah and so you know it's it's just exciting And, and like I said he finished fifth at the world championships last year we were paired we were in the final grouping with a kid from Australia and a kid from Los Angeles and it was I've I have been on the carpet of the Oscars the red carpet of the Oscars I've been to Super Bowls World Series nothing compares to that to that like being in that group of you're in the world championships and you're in the final grouping And you're, you're the one calling the shots as far as the clubs and things like that. So it's, it's really, it is truly an exciting ride. And the fact that we get to ride it together, it's amazing. The bonding that goes on on the, on the golf course with your son, it's not like baseball. Like, you know, when you see the baseball coaches out there in the field, well, in major league baseball, that's, that's that's not the case. The managers in the dugout in football, you know, the football, the the coach is now in the field. He's on the sideline basketball the same way, but there is a caddy in golf there is a caddy yeah. and this. And so it is truly, and if you look at a seven, if you look at my seven-year-old swing or a lot of six and seven-year-old swings out there, they look just as good as the pros, you know? Yeah. So it's not like in basketball when he, when Dacia plays basketball, you can tell, you know, he, he's not Reggie Miller, you know, <laughs> he's not Larry Bird, you know, because, you know, he's having to throw the ball up there, but in golf, it looks professional. So it, it's really exciting. And it's really defined us uh, to the point where, so four years ago when he started playing golf, I looked around and said, where are the cameras? This is mm-hmm. gorgeous. I mean, the, the the golf courses are gorgeous. The clubhouses are gorgeous. These kids are bonding with, with the families. Where, where are the cameras? So I started doing some investigating. Turns out I worked at CNN with the guy who runs U.S. Kids Golf uh, PR and communications. Talked to him for a little bit. Made some phone calls to Under Armour. Made some phone calls to some other people. And just kind of got the lay of the land and found out that there's not a lot of money left over for video crews. So you kind of need to wear all hats you need to be able to shoot video edit video you need to be able to voice you need to be able to be on camera you need to do everything and hmm I can do those things you know Yeah, yeah and so I left Channel 13 on December 8th and on December 9th my wife and I formed Golf Prodigy Media which is our own production company where we go and shoot and produce golf tournaments national international golf tournaments and this is I always tell people they, you know, because I've worked at ESPN and CNN, and, and uh-huh. I've been fortunate to work at all these different places. They said, how, "How do you? How do you? How did you do it?" And I said, "I really kind of forced gumped my way through life, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like I just kind of like I'm, I'm kind of at the right place at the right time all the time." Yeah, and I, and I knew that this was a great decision when the very first assignment we got, the very first phone call we got from Golf Prodigy Media was to follow around a golfer named Charlie Woods, who just so happens to be the son of Tiger Woods. Really? That was the first assignment we got. If you don't mind, we're going to have you follow around Charlie Woods, and Tiger's going to be there, and you guys are going to be talking the entire time, and that's what you're going to do that first weekend. So that was our first assignment. Well, tell and me about
0: that. That's Well, I wish I
1: could, but I wish I could, and I've met Tiger on two different occasions through ESPN, but what happened was Tiger got He 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 got an injury and he dropped out of a tournament and he wanted his son to be with him in the islands. And Ah. that Friday we got the phone call. So we formed the company. And the very first act was we got an email from somebody saying uh, the Tiger Woods shoot is off. Charlie's not playing <laughs> in the tournament. <laughs> and so, and so we're like, well, you know, much is given as much is taken, you know? And yeah. so, but so I mean, to get that call, you get that call immediately is, is amazing. You, you, you say, okay, this is what's, you know, this is amazing. So then, you know, now with name, image, and likeness in IL, yeah. those restrictions being limited. Now my seven-year-old son can have sponsors and, and he does. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. have, we, we have a, as a family, we have a sponsor as a family. Dacio has a sponsor as well and we're always looking for more sponsors so you know yeah. uh, hit us up on social media but you know he can wear certain brands of clothing and get paid for it wow. and that doesn't violate any kind of collegiate rules or anything like that so as a journalist i ran into many times many times at channel 13 issues where there was a line that i could Great. not cross and they were, at one point, I did get written up because I sang the praises of Dacio's swing coach, Crystal Morris. By the way, down in Franklin, Indiana, beautiful uh-huh. Franklin, pledges to Golf Course. And I said, if you ever need a swing coach, Crystal Morris is the one for you. And I put that out on social media because she's a family friend, and you know she's you know. And we never, and we started when Dacio was three, and she was a family friend, and she goes, I'm not going to charge you. I don't know what to charge for a three year old, so she wasn't charging us. So it looked like I was getting goods for services because I made that post. Uh It it, it seemed that way. So immediately I contacted Crystal. I'm like, you know what? I need to start paying you. (laughs) And I can't post about you on social media anymore. And but I got I got a hard talking to from the bosses and I got written up. And um and you know, at that point, that was the first indication of maybe this isn't like gonna mix. Not this isn't gonna work out, but maybe being a journalist. And being in this world of golf mm-hmm. maybe that's not maybe they're not cohesive yeah
0: hey we want to ask you a question about being the parent the dad of a uh a, of a really good young very young athlete and that that delicate balance especially at that age when they love it they enjoy it but you're trying to keep and it, it seems as though you're making it, really making it a family affair, which is important, mm-hmm. but to make it fun and to not make it work. And h- h- how do you balance, you know, that whole thing and to not kind of overdo it uh, when
1: you're talking five, six, seven year olds? That's a great question. And, and it's such a it's a question that I ask myself every single day, mm-hmm. multiple times a day. My wife and I had conversations about it yesterday. And you here's the thing. Me being a 16 handicap, if I was, which means I'm an average golfer, if I mm-hmm. was a great golfer, I, I equate it to Dacio being a great viol- violinist. If Dacio played violin and he played me something, you know, that was amazing on violin, me, I don't know how to play violin. I'd say that that sounds amazing. But if I was a, a concert violinist, I'd say, you know what, you missed that third note on bar two, you know, in section four, and I would be picking him apart. The fact that I'm a decent golfer, I'm his biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And the conversations that my seven-year-old and I have together on the golf course, it's like he is a 27-year-old. It is mm-hmm. amazing. And so you try it. I, I tell people fun is not an option. Fun is, needs to be the first thing that happens on the golf course. And so I got on him the other day because we never tell him that he needs to practice. We always ask him, do you want to practice? Mm-hmm. And this last week, this last, and uh, I love telling this story because it's a, it's a fresh this week. This last week, I, Monday, I asked him, do you want to practice? He said, no. Tuesday, I asked him, do you want to practice? He said, no. Well, Wednesday, he's got PGA junior league. That gets rained out. Thursday, I said, you want to practice? He says, no. I said, Dacio, you haven't, you haven't in a club all week. He goes, all right, let's go hit a bucket of balls. So we hit a bucket of balls. Friday, we got him a playground and he plays terribly. And so we're coming off the course. And I said, Dacio, tell you what, man, you're, you're not looking too good. Maybe we need to practice more. The next day. He's two under par after the first five holes. I go, dude, you're on fire. Keep it going. He looks right at me as we're walking out the fifth hole. He, handing me his putter, he says, not bad for a kid who only practiced twice this week, huh? <laughs> He's seven. He's seven. Not <laughs> bad for a kid who's only practiced twice this week, huh? And I, could, and I just looked at him. And that's my point. It's like, you got to have that kind of. Rod, camarader- I see parents all the time on the golf course and every every place, and they're yelling at their kid. I I had a dad in Pinehurst tell the kid that he was a disgrace to the family. You're Earl. a disgrace to our family. I don't know why we came from Texas. And I, I said, Are you are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I, you know, are you kidding me? And so I I never worry about the parents, or the there are kids who are great golfers, but the parents are yelling at them. The kids aren't interested. I'm like that kid will be out of the game in two or three years. Yeah, it's it's the parents who are having fun. And if you have a kid who's having fun and shooting low, oh, that kid is going to he's he'll, he is a force to be reckoned with. And yeah. that's what we try to do. We just try to have. And I, and I brace a lot of it, by the way, on a certain Indianapolis Colt, Andrew Luck, when he was playing. <laughs> and I tell the story all the time to my son, when he would get tackled, when he gets sacked, he'd slap that linebacker on the helmet and go, good hit. And the linebacker would be like, what do I have to do to get to this guy? You know, I mean, <laughs> I cannot hurt this individual. And I tell Dacio, no matter what we're doing out there, you know, someone gets a birdie, you say, hey, great birdie, you give him a high five, you know? And that way they're like, this kid never gets down. Yeah. He's, he's rooting, he's rooting for me, you know? I mean, how can you not love this kid, you know? And then you, you know, you, you go for the throat on the next one and you're going for that birdie. And so yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's psychological warfare but it's just mm-hmm. don't show them your emotions when your emotions win you lose mm-hmm. yeah
0: we have much more with carlos diaz uh, including growing up uh, here in indiana and his uh, travails uh, all over the united states uh, with some national media gigs and a lot more when the business and beyond podcast returns stay with us <music> Welcome back to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. My guest this week, Carlos Diaz, for seven years, uh, an anchor and reporter at WTHR Channel 13 here in Indianapolis. But, Carlos, your media career is literally taking you all over the globe. Let's go back, though, because you grew up in Greenwood, right?
1: Grew up in Greenwood, Indiana, graduated from Greenwood. Went to And I am like, I mean, Greenwood through and through. ISM Elementary School, Greenwood Middle School, Greenwood High School, graduated in 89, went to IU, Graduated. Uh, I went to IU for three and a half years, thought I graduated, found out later that I didn't. I had to go back and get one more credit, but yeah. uh, that, that's the story of the other day. But no, I uh, I went immediately, got a job at ESPN out of school and was the youngest person on air at uh, for SportsCenter at the time. And that was, you talk about being thrown to the wolves, you know. <laughs> I'm a what was that like?
0: Because, you know, the, the media business it, its a tough business, Tough. Uh, uh, it, you, you know, and confidence is 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 important. It's easy to, you know, people will tear you down at the
1: drop of a hat. What was that like being the young uh, Turk uh, in the, uh, in the <laughs> environment? I had so many times where people were handing me tapes thinking I was an intern and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 on I'm the reporter. I'm the anchor. You know, <laughs> it, there are times I'll never forget. I was there when Michael Jordan retired, you know, from the Bulls the second time. I was there when Walter Payton announced his retirement. I was I was there for the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire home run chase. I've interviewed Tiger Woods. I've interviewed Michael Jordan. I've interviewed these big stars. It was a time that I'll never ever forget or trade. But the amount of mistakes that I've made during that three years were just it was just, it was unbelievable because I was so green. Sure. I never, and I'll give you one. I'll give you one that you'll be able to relate to because of the Hoosier side of it. Uh, Steve Alford was coaching. Uh, was it with Northwest Missouri State or something like that? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, South, maybe Southwest Missouri. Southwest State. Missouri State. Southwest Missouri State, and they were in the quarterfinals, like the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight in New Jersey in the Meadowlands, and they had just lost. And I went to his dad. And I said, "Hey, I'm from Indiana as well." And his dad, Sam Alford, he said, "Oh, that's great. What part?" I said, "Greenwood." He's like, "Oh, yeah, we're over on the east, you know, over east side, over where, you know." And said, "Yeah." And we started talking, and he and I said, uh, "Tough loss." And he goes, "Well, it's probably his last one with the team. I think he's going to be going to Iowa." And oh. I said, "Really?" And I go to the truck, and I go, "Hey, it was great talking to you." He goes, "Hey, great talking to you." I go to the truck, and Willie Weinbaum was my producer, best best producer in the business. I mean, best in the business. And I said to Willie, uh, "Yeah, I just talked to Sam Alford. He said Steve's going to Iowa," and he goes well, did you get confirmation? And I'm like, confirmation. And he's like, yeah, you need to go back and talk to, and and I'm this 26 year old kid who has no idea what he's doing. And I ran back over and I tried to get him to talk. And by that time I was in full reporter mode. He didn't want to talk to me. And then I I no one. And, and, you know, and I had confirmation from the dad that he was going to Iowa. And today I would have handled it differently. I would have You know, I kind of would have eased in on it a little more and been there, you know, and kind of like, let's talk about going on the record with it and, you know, talk about this. And, you know, I, I didn't realize that I had breaking news in the palm of my hands. And so I had it right there. Yeah, yeah right there. And that, and that happened a few times. And so you say to yourself, okay. And then what happened, the NBA came along and said, we love, and what was going on on the air at ESPN was on the air. I looked great because ESPN made me look great. You know, they, they made my sausage, you know, you know, you, know, yeah, you, never, right. you never want to know how the sausage is made. They made yeah. my sauces extra spicy. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> they made my spots, my sauces edible. Okay. But the, the, my own, you know, what I was producing was not edible. And so sure. they cleaned up my dish. Yeah. And when the NBA came along and said, Hey, we want you to be one of our first anchors ever for NBA TV. I said, you know, Hey, I grew up in Indiana can do and took that job at the NBA and and you know so I was an anchor of the NBA for 3 years and then ironically this is crazy to talk about 911 mm-hmm. actually is the reason I kind of made the move to entertainment news because I was living in New York City the morning of 911 saw the second plane hit the tower and people don't realize that the uh, the the second tower had the the big Verizon antenna on it and so everybody's cell phones went down when the second tower went down so everybody was wondering about if I was still alive and so I yeah. went to the I went to the NBA store was working for the NBA went to the NBA store in Midtown went down to the bowels of the NBA store got on a computer and typed up an email saying hey I'm okay to my entire email list and one of my contacts on my list was someone who worked for E uh Eddie Delbridge and Eddie hit me up and said you know hey We don't have any reporters there. Can you be our guy to kind of talk about what the reporters are going through reporting the story? This is the story of a lifetime. We want to, you know, and we want you to be our guy kind of behind the scenes. And I said, okay, sure, because my job at the NBA was an open ended uh, thing where I could do whatever else I wanted to do. And so I, I kind of made the transition to entertainment and never looked back.
0: What was and that I like? Uh, did, you, you had you know sports reporting, entertainment reporting. I mean, we are both kind of celebrities, if you
1: will, but but two different deals there was it Was there a big difference? Yeah, there was a huge difference. People don't need me to hit forty home runs. Mm-hmm. People don't need me to win game seven. Uh, people don't need me to shoot four under par. Actors at the time when I was working in the the entertainment business. They needed us. They needed extra. They needed entertainment tonight to open their movie. So mm-hmm. when we would walk in the room, they were extra nice to us at all times. But athletes, did, there was nothing in their contract that said they had to be nice to the sponsors. Mm-hmm. That's that's why, you know, we love our racers in Indiana because they got to get those sponsorships out there, you know. but But for the most part, athletes... Can they can be jerks if they choose to and still be multimillionaires because yeah. they don't need them being nice to not precipitate whether they score forty points that next night you know but if you're a jerk your movie's not going to open or your TV show's not going to get picked up because you know the media is going to write a bad review you know yeah. and so you, when you're in Hollywood and you're an entertainment reporter for I used to call them the top three extra access Hollywood Entertainment Night when you're one of those and I was. Then you got there was a lot of butt kissing there, you know, a lot, a lot uh-huh. of kissing up there, kind of and 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 rightfully so. But then, you know, Twitter comes along, social media comes along, and that's it, really social media took off while I was out in Hollywood. And I was the first to say, "Guys, this is the end of us." because mm-hmm. no now stars don't need us to sit down with them and talk about their movie that's opening. They can go straight to Twitter. They can go straight to to MySpace, you know, which is big at the time. They can go straight to to social media. They don't need us to guide them to this person's TV set. And the proof is in the pudding. When I was on Extra, we were like 7 p.m. on Channel 6 in Indianapolis. And Entertainment Entertainment Tonight was 7 p.m. on Channel 8 or whatever. And, you know, every station had their entertainment show at 7 or 7.30. Where are those entertainment shows now? 2.30. 307. Yeah. You know, because they don't matter anymore because celebrities can just do what they need to do on social media. In fact, social media has now made people into celebrities. Mm-hmm. So that's, you see that evolution. And that's when I knew I've got to kind of get out of this business.
0: That's interesting. Any of your years of covering on the celebrity side, the red carpet, all the, all that stuff, any any uh, any interviews or situations? <laughs> that stand, I'm sure there are a few, but uh, any, any ones that stand out?
1: You know, there's, there was times when I would see like cocaine on people's pants and you'd say you got a little cocaine in your pants. There was an actor that I was too, he was too blissed out of his mind and he was, and he wanted to do an interview. And I just said, I said, dude, you're wasted. I can't do this interview. And he came up to me a week later and he said, I owe you big time. I will. Okay. I'll, I'll tell this quick story. I was working for E it was, we were live, live on the red carpet. And they said to me, if Elizabeth Taylor comes down the red carpet, you interview her, but no one else. So you we're going to toss it out to you for a quick tease. You, t- you, 15 seconds, you're at the Amphar Benefit, toss it back to us. And I said, no problem. They toss it out to me, and I say, we're here at the Amphar Benefit, and Nathan Lane from the producers and from Birdcage comes up behind yep. me. And he, and I go, up. Well, Nathan Lane is here. And he goes, I love your hair. You've got great hair. <laughs> I go, well, thank you, Nathan. Listen, Nathan, we're going to toss it back to the studio. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. And then we're going to come back and talk to you. Well, there was a line in the birdcage where Robin Williams said to Nathan Lane, if anyone ever mentions football, you say these two words, blank and A. And he took it upon himself to say those two words. On live TV, on live nationwide TV. And I am not kidding. You can see my career go down (laughs) the drain. (laughs) You see the look on my face like my career is over. He just said the he just dropped the F-bomb on nationwide TV. And he realized it was live right when I said, all right, let's go live back to the studio right now. And I thought I'm done. I mean, I am done. And it was voted the number one moment of the year. On e entertainment television that year. Oh, <laughs> that's great! That, yeah, so you know, I mean, you, you just you have to roll with things. I mean, there are times when, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. There were a lot of a lot of. There's I I I'm, I I don't do drugs, so I I I was never caught up in that whole scene in in Hollywood. But there's, you know, it's 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 the it's it's the big boy and big girl world, you know, and so you you see that a lot, yeah. and sometimes you have to save people from themselves, and I did a lot. Of, I did a lot of saving people from themselves. I did a lot of, you know what? You're not fit to do this interview right now. And especially being in Vegas, as much as we were, we saw things that, you know, that were pretty outrageous. And so, you know, (laughs) if I ever wanted to write a tell-all, that would be right there. But, and that's my, but that's my point though. Like it is a life that is torn because I love being a a father. I Mm -hmm. love being a husband. I love My wife, I love my two kids. There is nothing in the world that is more special out of anything I've ever done. Being a great husband and being a great father, that's that's it. It is not even that's even not even close to unconditional love. Okay, so I'm I'm happy that I that I that's that the two don't have to mix Mm -hmm. that that the 20s and 30s of my life were were this incredibly wild ride. It was one big backstage party at a Motley Crue concert. And it was just insanity. And then got into the, to my forties, and and then things kind of settled down. And to the point now where I'm taking all the things that I saw and learned over, you know, the last thirty two years of my professional life, and then saying, okay, you know what? Let's do this with that, and let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's produce these golf videos that make parents proud and make the kids shine, and and things like that. And so it's been. The last six months is, I mean, we've been here for six months now. The last six months have been amazing. I don't look back longingly at my twenties and thirties. I look back nostalgically and just yeah. say, you know, that was a wild ride. You know, and I'm just happy I got out alive. You know, that's because, great. You know, <laughs> that's that's you know. great. And I
0: and I sense that 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 passion you have for family and and being a dad, being a husband, probably rooted in your upbringing and. Uh, your dad born and raised in Cuba, yeah. right? Your mom, yeah. a Midwest, a Midwesterner. You grew up so two Evansville, cultures yeah. that that really provided you with, uh, you know, an interesting combination.
1: You know, I got to see. That's a great question. I got to see a, a very uh, unique uh, the, the the similarities between Hoosiers and Hispanics. You know, I'm a Cuban Hoosier. My dad's from Havana. My mom's from Indiana. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, and but it's all about family in Indiana, and you better believe it's all about family in Cuba. Yeah, and it's and it's just the and 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 really, in all honesty, I was thinking about this today. My I'm I'm a middle child, so all you middle children out there know what I'm talking about. You know, as a middle child, you just want to be noticed you know the older son is is the dad's son the the younger son is the baby i'm the middle you just want to be noticed and a lot of what i did in my life and in my career was hey notice me you know hey i'm here look at me i'm on tv i'm this guy i'm yep. on the red carpet i'm at the super bowl i'm talking to tom brady i'm talking to you know michael jordan notice me and your parents will notice you and you and your brothers notice you and you get noticed and no longer you're no longer the forgotten middle child now you are the so-called star of the family if you will you know then you become a dad and it changes from hey notice me to your now your focus is on your children and what you can do for your children and in all honesty my whole you could say that my whole career has been about family the first part of my career was about wanting to impress using my career to impress my parents and my Mm -hmm. brothers and my family and the second part of my career is to what can i do in my career to be the best father and husband that I can be. And so it really is a unique parallel between the two. And it's terrible that I lost my father last year or 18 months ago, but maybe it was God's way of saying, you know what, he's done what he needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I'll take, I'll take him from here. And now, now it's time for you to be Mm -hmm. the dad, you know, you know, he's impressed. You've impressed him. Mm -hmm. Now you need to you know, you know, impress your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Take over and impress your kids and and be there for your kids. And, 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 and I mean, you talk about Dacio impressing me, my son impressing me and my daughter Dela impressing me. I mean, they, every day they impress me. So, so it's, it is kind of like a turning of the page, if you will, that kind of helped me make that move to say, okay, this is the right time to come down to Florida.
0: Well, Carlos Diaz, it has been a real treat to catch up uh, with you and so happy for your continued success and all the things you have going on in your life. I'll be following you, continue to follow you on social media and uh, be looking for you on the golf course.
1: Maybe we'll see uh, (laughs) see, see some PGA action before long. But uh, good
0: luck with that to you and your wife and your entire family. Thank you.
1: Well, Gary, I really appreciate you having me on, and and thank you again. Uh, And and I just want to say – you know, I'll I'll always be a Hoosier, no matter where I live in this country, no matter where I travel on this globe. uh, I was born in central Indiana. Uh, I was raised in central Indiana. It is who I am. It has made me into the man that I am today. And I am thankful for it. And I will always, always be a Hoosier. Thanks so much.
0: Very well put. Carlos Diaz, my guest this week on the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. It's a weekly conversation with achievers in business, sports, entertainment, and beyond. And you can check out all of our episodes and get Indiana Business News 24-7. All you have to do is go to com. I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.